Hello and welcome to What Have I Done with me, Caroline Jones. In each episode, I'll be joined by a guest to discover how the spark of an idea set them on their fundraising journey. They'll explain why they chose their particular charity and share the highs and lows that invariably come with the intensity of fundraising. At the centre of each conversation is an emotional story of how inner grit and determination can lead to a lasting legacy for the fundraiser and for the charity. Community is at the heart of this episode as I chat to professional photographer Jenny Smith. During the pandemic, domestic abuse rose sharply and Jenny set out to fundraise for refuge with her front door photo project, capturing socially distanced portraits on people's doorsteps within her North London neighbourhood. Hear how the idea came to Jenny and how quickly word spread and the campaign grew. It's a reminder that on our own doorsteps, in our own communities, we can all make a difference. All the details for Jenny's campaign, as well as a link to Refuge, can be found in the show notes. My thanks to Jenny for sharing her story and to you for listening. Hi Jenny. Hello. Thank How you. Are you. I'm good, thank you. So nice to see you. I know. And hear likewise. You. Likewise. The technology is working, and you yeah. know, I, I really want to just say thank you so much again because, you know, this this idea, this podcast idea, of what have I done? Is really to try and celebrate and raise the lid on exceptional fundraisers, and you know, yeah. you are very much in that category. And I, I really hope that the listener is going to be inspired and. Um, uplifted by your story because I I know your background I know the story um, and I feel it really needs to be shared and so I'm very excited to have you on today so thank thank you you. thank you for having me on I would really like to start if we can uh, with talking about you and Mm -hmm. and, and who you are and your career because I think very often with um, with inspiring stories there is a there is a backdrop and there's something that sometimes doesn't get talked about and I think for uh, the charity sector and anybody listening here today it's so interesting to hear about who you are and and, you know do you have a creative streak in you you know what is it about you Uh, tell me more about you and your career. Okay Um, well career-wise I um, started off as a journalist in radio so I've always worked in the media industry so I said I guess with you saying about being creative I think that's always been a streak in me. Um, So yes I started off um, at a local radio station moved on and then started working in PR in London where I worked with um, Chris Evans on his breakfast show and I worked and I worked (laughs) And I worked at TFI Friday back okay. in the day. <laughs> and then I went on after that and ended up working at Capital Radio. Where I worked with Chris Tarrant and various people there. Um, moved on to a little station called XFM, which was mm-hmm. incredible. And I was the, the head of press for um, XFM. And we had some amazing talent on that station. People Gosh. like Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant, Carl Pilkington, oh, Zoe Ball, Richard Bacon, you name it. Oh, it absolutely was. I mean, I think it's some of the best years I've ever had in my life, you know, working at that station. Yeah. Um, especially as a the sort of music fan that I am. I love all the kind of indie band music. So working at XFM in particular was a dream come true. Yeah, so that was pretty incredible. Um, and it, it, as you say, it's a really creative environment to work in. And I've always been quite a creative person. So and it, did, 
have you always had your camera with you? Because this yeah. is what you do now. You know, we will right. come on to this, but I wonder, yeah. did you photograph any of these people? Um, uh, annoyingly, not really. I, I, at XFM, I did start going down to our gigs and photographing the pits, the photographer's pit at, at some of our gigs. So I did get to do some of that. I missed a trick, really, by not doing more when I was actually at the stations. When these big names were coming in and sitting on the sofa right next to me, goodness knows why I didn't wow. just say, right, I'm going to start photographing these people. And that, <laughs> that's something I, I regret to this day. I've always, always, always had a passion for photography right back to when I was about 10 years old. Um, and I went away on a school trip. My dad had just bought quite an expensive little compact camera and he'd let me take it, you know, as a 10 year old on this school trip. And he told all the teachers, look, if she, if she drops it, she breaks it. Don't let her worry. Don't let it ruin her holiday. It doesn't matter, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's I remember coming back from that holiday and my dad getting the photographs developed. And I'll never forget him talking to my mum, you know, the near shot of me. going, Have you seen these photos? They're really good. Look, she's got oh. such a life of photography. And I think. I don't know whether that sort of started me off on that path, you know, hearing my dad I, being so enthusiastic. Yes, about it. but that's so fascinating because I can really relate to that myself. When there's when you're praised and when when it filters in at, at an early age, you know, my love of styling clothes, it was always celebrated by by my mum and my cousins. It was something that yeah. I naturally took to, and so it sounds like you were you were you were um, getting that warmth and that encouragement very early on, and yes. it would set you on your way, really, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah. Well, my dad was always keen on photography and there are photographs of him from when he was like 16, 17, where he'd set up a little dark room at his house and it sort of developed his own photographs. So I think there was always that sort of, sort yeah. of link between us. Yeah. So you knew it was a possibility you could do it because yes, you ab- saw your absolutely. father doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And how this is this might sound a really stupid question, but, but how do you know? How do you know that you've got that? the eye how do you know that you've got that talent is it just sort of capturing the moment particularly with live music you know what 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 skill do you need it's so strange you just need to have a good eye you know I would say you don't need to be a photographer don't worry about all the technical stuff don't think you need to know all this stuff because really I I would consider myself as self-taught I hate all that technical stuff even now, but I think if you've just got a good eye, if you can, I just see things in 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 pictures. Yeah, you're framing. Around, I'm constantly framing wherever mm. I go. I look around. Mm. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in the car. I'm like, look at that sunset. Look at this. Look at that. Oh, that's you know, look how that's framed. And I've always been like that. So, right, and I guess right back to when I told you I took that camera away because if I yeah. have seen those photos since, and they are very well framed. Anyone can have that. It's not something you know like magical. I think you know. You, I think you can train yourself. And then you and you you thought, you know what I what what I can make a career of this. This is I I've, I love my job, but actually yeah. I want to. So, I, so by the time I got to XFM, so Chris Evans was the 90s, by the time I got to XFM, which was the early 2000s, I'd always wanted to do photography. You know, it was always there at the back of my mind. And I got pregnant while I was at XFM. So obviously, once I had the baby, I had 12 months off. Mm. And I remember during those 12 months saying to myself, it's now or never. You know, yeah. you've, got, you've got 12 yeah. months off now. Now you can start mm. to see if you can be a photographer because you know I wanted to photograph people I wanted to photograph babies and children mm-hmm. but what perfect opportunity I had I suddenly started meeting all these new mums so and, and my mum was amazing at this time because um, I told her that I really wanted to be a photographer that you know I didn't really want to have to go back to my job because I really wanted to make a go of it and she she said to me okay I'm going to buy you a set of studio lights 
Oh, wow. See if you can make she you believed in you. She did. She did. And you know, if she hadn't done that, I don't know if I'd be here now. Um, because she just gave me that. When someone believes in you like that, you sort mm. of feel like you've got a you've got to sort of. I I absolutely to, to give yeah. it a go. Yeah. No, I hear that so often. Actually, people. It is the backstory to so many people's campaign success is the people, and we'll come on to this. It's the people around you who inspired you, yeah. who supported you, and those people that you don't tend to talk about they're just yeah. incredible people yeah keep setting she, you on your way and I, I think that's wonderful that she yeah. had, she saw that in you and she believed in you and it's very brave of you by the way to have a newborn baby in one arm and yeah. a camera and a tripod and this belief that you had in yourself that I think yeah. I can do something because your, your brain is quite muddled with a newborn baby well mine was hopefully and, but you but it does give you that moment in your life to to take some to take some time back and think I can I probably could do something different. It's very brave. Yeah, that's what it was. It, it, yeah, it gives it, it gives you a natural break. I think if I hadn't been pregnant, I don't. Th- I'd probably still be in that job now, um, mm-hmm. because it, it, I needed a, a, that reason was forced on me. I had to leave to have the baby. Yes, so, and so that that break was forced on me. A bit like lockdown was forced on me. Yes, it. So exactly. It a similar, similar thing. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, and that spurred me on to, to ha- give it a go. And I just thought, I'll give it a go for 12 months, you know, alongside raising my baby and see where I am. Um, yeah. My company did want me to go back to, back to the job, but they wanted me to go back for four days a week. And I'd already decided that I didn't want to go back for any more than three days a week because I wanted to be with my yeah. baby more than I was mm-hmm. with work. Um, but they were quite adamant that it was going to be four days a week. And I guess in some ways that was also a push I needed. I thought, right. This I've is the junction. I've got to give this a go now. And it took a long time. I would say because I was a full-time mum, it probably took me four years until he went to school to feel like I had a business. But throughout that four years, whilst I was raising him, I was doing jobs as and when I could. Didn't start off doing freebies. And then I was just earn, char- charging a very tiny amount just to build up my experience, really. And so your photographs were of people. That's what you want. You Always. said that's what you like to photograph. Yeah. What is it about photo- photographing people and what what do you what do you enjoy about that it's just that interaction I I I think I've all I just there's never been a doubt in my mind that it's people that I've wanted to photograph and I guess it's I I think I'm quite a people person Mm. um I love the reaction I get from people when I get a good photograph of them you know I love that they that that they I've made them feel good about themselves and that makes me also feel good you feed off that yeah absolutely and I think that's what you get and especially photographing people's children I mean I absolutely love doing that and that must be a real skill because you've got to keep the parents relaxed and then I I think then that relaxes the child What, what 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 have you learned about that well, that's all experience. And I think the good thing about it is that I had also had got a new baby. So the, I've always kind of photographed as my son grows up, my, my, as do my clients. So I'm always yeah. sort of at the, at the stage where I can now I can I can now relate, relate to tweens because my son is, you know, he's a 13 year old. So I feel like particularly then at a baby stage, I was I, it, was, it came easy to me to, re- to relate to the children because yes. I got one yeah. myself. And, and I, I think that's what that, that that's your clients will yeah. warm to that way. So, so you're building up this portfolio. You're focusing on on people. We're going to talk now about what did you do? What you you, you're doing your successful photography career in um, in North London? Yeah. You're 
being being a, a mum, you're successful. Tell me what changed. What was this amazing campaign that you started? Right. Okay. So obviously we all went into lockdown, and I had spent and, and at that point I should I should say all of my work uh, went overnight. So all the bookings that I had. Um, immediately were out of the diary. And I remember actually sitting, you know, via Zoom with my mum crying, saying, you know, I've spent 10 years building up this business and I feel like it's all been snatched away from me now. Mm -hmm. How am I ever going to work again? You know, we can't get close to people. I just can't, I can't see a way that my business can recover from this. And, um, and and obviously we, so I spent about probably five, five weeks or so in lockdown. And I remember, um, constantly, you know, everyone I think was on social media at the time, you know, people were doing all these amazing things. So there were people doing cookery courses and Joe Wicks was doing his, you know, keep fit yeah. thing and people were reading bedtime stories. And, and I just was getting more and more sort of a little bit bored and I had um, itchy feet and thinking, what could I do? What could I do? And I'd started thinking about doing things like that, you know, oh, maybe I could read a bedtime story or so, yeah. you know, just, just for fun, just something silly to do. And, um, and I, I obviously haven't landed on an idea. And then, and then I literally, I remember thinking, what are your skills? And obviously the first thing I thought of was photography. So I thought, yes. if you're going to do something, use your skills. And I was just, I remember I just woke up one morning lying in bed and I could see the house opposite me and I could see their front door sort of through, mm. um, through the window. And I just sat and thought, I, I wonder, I could still take photographs of people at a distance if the families were standing at their front door, because during my photo shoots anyway at people's houses, I quite often get the families out and get them to stand by their front doors, because particularly where I live, there's some absolutely beautiful front doors, so they can make just absolutely beautiful photographs. And um, so I just thought, oh, I could do that. I could take photographs. I'd be, they'd be socially distanced photographs. And, and then I thought, I wonder if I could raise some money by doing this. When you were on your own, looking through that bedroom window, and you were having this thought running through your head, what did it feel like? It was amazing, Caroline. I, I honestly had, like you said, that adrenaline rush. I knew it. I knew I was onto something. You what know, physical I just, symptoms? I just want to, <laughs> can you, I, I, did you have well, any? Well, that, so, so I had that feeling that day. And then by the next night, I couldn't sleep because I was, because I hadn't said told anyone at that point. I just, I had the idea and it, I mulled it over for the day. And I went back to sleep that night and that's all I could think about. I couldn't get yeah. to sleep. I, my mind was worrying how I could do it, how I could raise money. You know, w- would people even do it? You know, so I was, I was, you know, nervous. It, even, if, even though I, mean, I knew it was a good idea, yes. there was still this little doubt in my mind going, is yeah. it a good idea? Is it a good oh, idea? I can so yeah. relate to this because I yeah. think this is the, this is that moment and people, you know, you read about other people's campaigns and I'm fascinated to feel that, to feel that emotional moment and you've expressed it so well. So you've got this idea in your head, you've mulled it over. Do you, run with it or do you share it with someone else do you, so, do you divulge your idea yes yeah, so after that sleepless night so I had the idea in the morning I had a sleepless night just thinking and thinking thinking about it thinking I think I could do it I think I could do it and then I, t- I woke up and I told my husband I said look I've had an idea I don't know if it's any good I think I'd like to raise money for charity by taking photographs of people standing at their front doors I think I'm going to call it something about doorstep door you know I haven't worked out the name yet mm. and, and I said you know people just donate whatever they want to charity and then I'll turn up and just take a photograph of a family portrait and he said that is a brilliant idea straight away yes. he went, yes. that's a brilliant idea and I was like oh, 
right it's, it's a good idea Still did you over. were you looking for that endorsement would you have run with it yeah. anyway or does that mean a lot to you to it, have it that it means a lot I think I'm one of those people that needs constant encouragement yeah <laughs> I, I get that it? no I know I get that because yeah. I like you I have all these creative ideas running through my head but you do need I think somebody that you really feel close to yeah. to to support it and yeah. to go actually validation. that is a tick that validation yeah. yeah and then I thought well Chris is my husband I thought well maybe he would say that anyway and I've got a very very special <laughs> friend mm. called Charlotte and um and I really trust her opinion and I really think she would tell me if something wasn't right yeah. and she'd do it in a lovely way but she would somehow tell me so I then the next person I told was was her so I messaged her sent a really long whatsapp to her saying I think I've had an idea I can't work out if it's any good or not what do you think? And she immediately got back and went, that's a brilliant idea. Oh, and then wow. I knew I, it was worth trying. Yeah, I knew it two ticks. Yeah, exactly. And also the great thing about that particular friend, she's very local and I knew that she would donate. And I know that she's got lots of friends. Mm. We've got a lot of mutual friends. We've got lots of friends, family friends. And I thought, just from you know her telling a few people I know that I could probably get five or six people to do this yeah you know, yeah that, that was my initial thought um so off the back of her saying that I went off to just giving and set up a just giving page I mean that was quite a nerve-wracking moment <laughs> yeah tell me about that so you've got your idea you've had this you've had the the, the, the sanction really from the people that yeah. you really value um you're thinking still at this stage that this is a low-key little fundraising idea that may last how long you know a few days oh. or raise a few oh, pounds yeah what do you... so when I first uh, yeah so when I first started, set up the just giving page um it, you have to put a target in you know what how much you you're yeah. expecting to raise so I put 500 pounds in um and you know wrote my blurb put 500 pounds in and I remember just looking at that target and I thought dare I put a thousand pounds dare I up it to a thousand pounds and I thought oh I've got nothing to lose I'll just do it it doesn't matter if I don't raise a thousand pounds I'll just do it and I so I did a thousand pounds and then, then you have to sort of publish it. And, like, oh. <laughs> oh, and, and also probably felt, well, that's a bit, a bit um, cocky of myself because yeah, I did. You know, I who am I, I who am I yeah. to think that? I did. I felt exactly like that. I felt a little bit embarrassed actually that mm. I put a thousand pounds in. Um, so then the next thing I'd, I'd also, also, by the way, I'd also spoken to my mum and sister after Charlotte and I'd just run it past them. They also thought it was a good idea. So I just I had these four people now that Brilliant. Idea, set up by set up the page hit hit publish I've got to do this now and then I put a little post out on Facebook just to say I'm going to take some photo family, uh, family photo portrait and I was raising money for refuge the domestic yeah so charity. so tell me about that so you when you wrote your just giving page mm-hmm. did you already know the charity that you're going to be supporting or or, yes. or was it a um was that decision were you having that decision at the same time as your creative idea um, so I knew that I wanted to raise money for refuge and I've known that I've wanted to raise money for refuge for years because I've, a very, very sad story um, happened where, whereby my friend, an old school friend of mine, took her own life and it was off the back of years of domestic abuse. So, And I bumped into her a few years before she told me this story. So I've always, I, I donate to refuge anyway and I'd always mm-hmm. wanted to do something. And you know it hasn't been like constantly playing on my mind what can I do but it's all mm. I've always known if I was going to raise money for anything it was always going yeah. to be refuge yeah. and then when we went into lockdown obviously refuge and domestic violence hit the headlines because I think they on, on refuge website they said that they'd had a 700% increase in traffic to their website when we went into Gosh. lockdown absolutely yeah. horrifying numbers you know one in three women will 
experienced some form of domestic abuse in their life you know one in three yeah and there's something like I think it's two women a week are killed by a partner or former partner so it's absolutely shocking statistics and it was all heightened by lockdown so Mm. yes refuge was always going to be the charity Mm. that I was going to raise did you find that knowing that information and 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 finding out more about the charity did that drive you forward with your creative idea was that it it did what what it did is it gave me the confidence to do it because I just thought this charity is too important and nobody I felt that people would donate I just thought yeah. you, you can't not donate to this you know it was already like I said it was it was making headlines because mm. lock, lockdown was scary enough for for most of us let alone if you were locked inside your house absolutely person you need to escape from so um so the idea of the doorway that the people families and people and individuals standing in their doorway there's a there's a reference there's a link there isn't there I think absolutely that yeah I, I, I said quite often in my in my post I did on social media you know, the front door should be a symbol of safety um you know and and for many it wasn't you know it, it was mm-hmm. it's a symbol of fear and and that's why I felt the project and refuge the charity and the, and the project idea really kind of worked well together yeah there's something uh, and, so simple in that message Jenny yeah so clever and so effective and I I think very often it's only when you stand back months or years later and you look at what your idea was and those two links yeah it's just that simplicity and that simple message yeah and I think I think your idea was was perfect that the message of what's going on behind the door yes but cherishing those people in front of the door and, and celebrating them Let's move on now then to getting it off the ground. Yeah. How did it start? Okay, so I um, I set up the Just Given page and put a little post on Facebook. And I honestly thought that I would have a maximum of about 10 people. I counted up the friends that I knew and that yeah. I thought would do it. And they are the ones that did it straight away. Um, and, I, and I thought that that would be it. And actually, by the end of that first day, I think I was already on £800. So I, you know, I, I, really? I, I, I well, you know, <laughs> yes, I've already, I thought I've already like hit, nearly hit my target. And this was the, after the first day. Incredible. Um, were, were people donating a, an amount? Were you suggesting an amount no, or were they, you were leaving it to them? Didn't suggest any amount at all. I honestly thought people would donate about a tenner. You know, I just thought, you know, quick photo at the door. You know, they'll just, I didn't, you know, people were so generous. I think the average donation, it ranged between 30 to 50 pounds. Amazing. The average donation. But then lots of people donated a lot more than that. So, so generous. I think a lot of people have stories, you know, personal stories, and that sort of encouraged them to, yeah, to donate yeah. more. And it was so sweet because these people were only getting, you know, a, a family photograph. I, but I think the message I, 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 the message I kept trying to um, push was uh, people would ask me, oh, how much should I donate? You know, how much? I, and I said, listen, how much should I get? How much do you charge or something like that? And mm. I said, you're not buying a photograph. I said, you're, you're donating to charity. And as a thank you, I'm going to come and take your photograph for you. Yes, and I pitched it like yeah. that. So, Lovely. Yeah. And I think that's I, encouraged people to just think, right, I'm just going to donate to charity then. Yeah. It's that human kindness, Jenny. It is. It's, it's, you're inviting people in to be part of this project, yeah. you know, and look, yes. look how successful the, vol- the, the donation amount was yes. in, far beyond what you were expecting. Yeah. So yeah. you're, can you just give me an idea of, 
you arrive on people's doorsteps. But before that, yeah. how do you arrange all of this? Because I'd like to get into all the nitty gritty, <laughs> please. I'd yes. like to know, did you have a strategy or did okay. you just, did the phone just <laughs> ring every morning and you go, yeah, I'm in the area, I'll nip round. Yeah, yeah fine. it's so funny because I actually looked through, because I knew I was doing this with you. I went and just had the quick look through all the pay- paperwork that I've kept. And I found the piece of paper uh, that I wrote on my first day and it scribbled names because there were people I knew on my first day. It was all my friends. So I'd got all their names and, and, and rough times. I, was, I think I'd actually, I'd allowed something like 10 or 20 minutes with each person at that time. That first were you day. on roller skates or something? How, <laughs> how on earth well, were you, or do they all live in the same road? Yeah, the, the original thing was I was going to do it during my daily exercise. That was the whole plan. But uh-huh. after the first day, I realised I couldn't possibly do that because um, people live too far away from each other, even though we're all in kind of Muswell Hill. It, I would never have got to anyone if I was walking it. <laughs> so actually, even on the first day, I had to drive, which was the first time I'd been in my car for something like six weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... So you had a schedule, did you? Did you have? Yes. Yeah, so yes. Yeah, so so the, the, first, the first. Let's talk about those first ten people. Yes. Yeah, so the first ten, I had a piece of paper, scrap of paper that I just written down their names and what time I was going to go to see them. I'd phoned up all the families or I'd emailed them because they would have donated and emailed me. So I emailed them. I'm going to come to you. It'd be about ten past eleven. Is that all right? Yeah. Um. And and that's what I did for that first on for the first ten people that on that okay. first day. And then off the back of that, I thought I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll put a little montage of some of these people and I'll put that on Facebook because that yeah. might encourage one or two others. Yeah. To donate so I've, just before then before yeah. we go back up before it, before it goes big your 10 people that you photographed yeah um are, are they what are they families are they individuals how, how do you they prepare were, people that maybe haven't had their picture taken before yeah what they you... were they were all families uh from memory that first day they were, yes they were all families and I, as i said i knew all by one of them i knew i knew anyway Okay. So uh, it was like just turning up. And I hadn't seen these people for weeks because we'd been in lockdown. Yeah, so, so it was a bit of like absolute, hanging out with your friends. Yes, it was such Great. a treat. I'll tell you, that day was one of the best days I had because I hadn't seen, physically seen anyone for such a long time. And suddenly here they all are, like real people standing here. Like, you yeah, know, and I bet they were as equally excited to see yeah, someone beyond were. their family. That's exactly right because they hadn't seen anything. Suddenly they had this little activity to do. Oh, we're going to go and sit on the doorstep now and get, get some photos. <laughs> So, so that was lovely. And they all, um, it was easy. I mean, cause I do this for my job anyway, you know, it was very easy to just direct them and tell them where to stand and what to do. Um, on that very first day though, I quit, I very quickly realized that what I should have done. And then what I did start doing is I should have really worked out properly when they had the sun on their door and when they didn't oh have goodness. the sun on their door. Okay. So what? I needed to know. Yeah, because if the sun was on their door, it was far too bright. They were squinting. There were shadows. I, you know, I, I would never take a photo yeah. in bright sunlight. And of course, okay. on that first day, I hadn't thought that through properly. I just thought, okay. oh, it'd be okay. Let's just pause there because <laughs> because here comes that problem. I think every campaign there is a there is yeah. that moment of, oh, I didn't. Yeah. I hadn't factored because I've not done a business plan. Yes, yes. <laughs> that moment, I, for me personally, it was when um, on day five suddenly I had no photographer. I could have. I oh, needed God. you, Jenny. I needed <laughs> yeah. you to turn up because my girls had gone back to school. They were oh, my photographers, yes. and, and so for you, suddenly the outdoor elements were suddenly in, ha- totally impacting impact, and, and totally impacting me. Did so you that... give everybody some sort of? compass how do, how do they how do... <laughs> well so what so it took me a few days really to really get my act together because it suddenly I still didn't realize at this point this was only on day one I didn't still didn't realize that I was going to be doing this for as long as I did do it for um I think after I put that photo on Facebook of the photos I'd taken that day yeah. 
I, it kind of like suddenly took off. So I suddenly, suddenly one photo went on Facebook and then of course they've all got friends and I tagged all yeah. these people in Facebook and then all yeah. their friends saw it who all live locally who then suddenly I started getting all these emails through going, oh, can I have doorstep? Can I, can I? I called it front door photo. That's what that's Yes, what uh, we should say that. Yeah, we sorry. Will, <laughs> we, I, I, I have, um, I will at the end provide all the links and all the information about you because it's such a clever name front door photo project um so you're there you're clicking onto your facebook at night you've done your 10 friends and you're sensing what well the next well i suddenly saw my all these emails coming through and it wasn't like a massive amount it was manageable the next day but it was suddenly like oh that's that's quite a few um so then I had to start, then I, then, then this whole thing about the sun started to plague me. Of course, do you remember lockdown was boiling hot pretty much every yeah, day? Do you remember was. how much sun Absolutely. So I, so I just, I couldn't risk turning up at someone's house, having the, you know, if they'd just donated and me say, I'm sorry, you, you know, you or, or provide a horrible photograph. You know, I, did, oh I couldn't then just say, oh, here you go. And everyone's got their eyes shut. So, yeah, or yeah, shadows yeah. across their faces. So then I, so these next few that came through the next day, I just I had to ask them, you know, when do you get the sun? And then I had to then start working out in my mind again on a piece of paper and a pen. Um, OK, I'll go to them in the morning because they don't have the sun oh. in the morning. And then I'll go to them in the afternoon and sort of worked out like that. I think it got to day three or day four where I had to get my 13 year old son to come and show me how to use Excel. <laughs> oh, thought, my a, goodness. You've gone, you've, you've gone off the paper onto yeah. a spreadsheet. Yeah. OK, Suddenly, this is becoming. Yeah. This yes. is becoming a very formal project yeah, exactly. now. Exactly. So for the first sort of three days, I think, obviously I've been putting photos on Facebook and it had been building. I mean, I actually likened it to that graph they kept showing us about the virus, you know, about <laughs> having to flatten the curve. It yeah. literally shot up like that, like that graph. That's how quickly the emails were coming in. Oh and it peaked and then eventually me. I managed to flatten it off. The what, what, what at that point, though, were you getting inquiries beyond London or... Because um, Facebook so, is global, isn't it? So how yeah, are you? Yeah. How are you keeping it to manageable London, your London local area? Or did you ever contemplate going wider? No, because I had far too many in the local area. But on my Just Giving page, I specified Muswell Hill, and I think mm. at the time I'd said surrounding areas. So I think I mentioned Crouch End and Palmer's Green because I'm okay. sort of that way. So yeah. I think I'd mentioned those sort of three places on my Just Giving page. But do you know what? it didn't matter that I'd written that down because people just didn't read the Just Giving page. Okay. They just immediately donated, emailed me, said, I donated. Can I have a photo? I'm in Finchley. Oh, I'm, yeah, so nothing was miles away from okay. me, but, but it wasn't it wasn't as local as I wanted no, to keep it at the no. time. So, and of course they donated. There was no way I couldn't t- not turn up. And, so, and they pre- presumably they wanted to be part of the project. They wanted yeah. to support you and... Yeah, they definitely. want a piece of it, don't they? Yeah, exactly. And I think the Wonderful. more I was sharing on Facebook, the more people kind of wanted to be part of that little gang. You know, it's like, oh, you know, I want to be, you know, featured on 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 the web, on the website. And so, yeah. So then I got this spreadsheet set up. I had to, my son's showed me how to do that. And on this spreadsheet, which I still had to this day, um, <laughs> I, I, I had to. I so the name. Then I had to get their address. I had to find out when they got the sun on their door, and then oh. I had to. Then I had to group them all together, you see. So then, so that, imagine now, I'm now getting what feels like hundreds of emails coming through every day. And um, there'd be some in Finchley, there'd be some in Crouch End, there'd be some in Muswell Hill, there'd be some in Palmer's Green, <sighs> there'd be some in East Finchley. But not all of them are getting the sun on their door in the morning, in the afternoon. So then I had to then sit and look at all these people 
I had to work out which ones needed to be done in the morning, which ones needed to be done in the afternoon. Then I had to look at where they lived and what kind of route I was going to take to try and get all these people done. And then I had to let these people know roughly the time I was going to turn up. So I'm getting a tension headache. Yeah, well, I had a tension headache for two months. <laughs> uh, I mean, who would have thought it, it, it's a logis- it's logistics, logistics, isn't it? Yeah, it's it, logistics. It, it it's became... not a creative, lovely, light-hearted turn up. Yes, stand yeah. there, snap, snap, bye. It's logistics. It suddenly became like work, and I, and I, you know, I could like I don't think I've ever ever worked that hard actually mm. <laughs> when mm. I used to work back in, you know my other jobs because it was not only I loved the bit where I went out and met the families and took the photographs absolutely loved that yes it was everything else that went on in between that just was doing my head in actually can can you express how you were feeling how you were emotionally and physically feeling yeah on the whole I would say it was fine and I think once I got the once I got the spreadsheet up and running leading up to that point getting getting the spreadsheet up and running and working out exactly how that spreadsheet was going to work that bit was terrible because yeah I'm I'm a creative person so you know I'm not very good at that sort of stuff I'm not good at excel spreadsheets and facts and figures and maps map reading you know you can just forget about it no 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 no. so so doing that all of that was incredibly stressful because at the back of my mind constantly I'm like I can't let these people down Mm. at the time certainly for the first few weeks I felt like I had to reply to everyone immediately you know I had to immediately say oh thank you very much you know and um, let's try and get I'm thinking about coming on Monday is that okay for you you know I was doing this like for the first I felt like quite you know two or three weeks I was you're being you're being a PA to yourself yeah yeah and I think actually what I was doing was over delivering because um Eventually, my husband sat me down and actually had a bit of a word with me. And he said, it doesn't matter if you don't get back to these people straight away. You know, oh, they're not expecting yeah. that. It's a charity project. You're not, it's not like you're not going to turn up. You need to. And he said to me, what you need to do is just have a stock reply email that you can send to people that says, thank you for your donation. I'm incredibly busy at the moment. I will get back to you as soon as I can. And it's something so simple that I would have done in my old job. I would have thought of that. (laughs) Yeah, but you were so close to it. You were right in the thick of it, and you you need you needed your husband. Yeah, I did. Yeah, you needed him to say that, didn't you? You needed to hear that. And did that help? Totally hearing that. Yeah, it helps. Well, it just gave me a little bit of breathing space. So I did. Mm. I started doing that. I replied to everyone. Everyone got their reply saying thank you very much, and then I um, was able to just sit back and then try and work out this route yeah. and when I was going you know much more calmly and, yes and clearly yeah. because, because uh, I didn't feel like the pressure to reply to them now and say I'll go on Monday and then think oh I'm going to Crouch End on Monday but these people need to be done on Monday and they're in East Finchley and how am I going to do it and they you know and that so constant feeling of pressure that bubbling feeling how, how how does it come through in you in for you how do you deal yeah, with that well, what, what happened eventually so so I just sort of slightly backtracked. So it started off obviously with me doing these 10 people. Um, sort of a few weeks in, I, I had 70 people constantly on my waiting list. So, no ma- so as soon as I ticked off 20, 30 people, 20, 30 people came in on the email. So there was always around, it ranged between 50 to 70 people that were still yet to be photographed. And that never really changed until the last sort of couple of weeks. That was, they were constantly me. there. So, there. so that was a pressure because I think... Like I said before, I, I, 
I wanted to make sure I was delivering a, this, this, the service that I would give my clients. You know, I, yeah. I, I felt like I had to be that professional person. You set your bar high yeah, because you're a professional photographer. Why? Yeah. Of course you're going to. Yeah, of course you, I, you expect to deliver. Yeah, so it, it did feel quite a lot of pressure, actually, but I was I didn't want to let anybody down. I think no, that- I, I I can completely relate to that, and I think Thanks. that's that's why Jenny that you, you you reached out to so many people because the standard of your photographs are wonderful, the the quality of the of the of the product is exceptional. So, of course, yeah. that's the standards you expect in yourself oh. and. And of course, that's why it grow, continued to yeah. grow. And I think if we, if you'd left it open, it would still be 70, de- 70 yeah, people every day. It would have just continued every yeah. single day. Hi, you're listening to What Have I Done with me, Caroline Jones. And now back to the conversation. Can we just talk about um, the moment that you connected with the charity, how you did that, um, and any tips for people who are thinking of their own campaign? How, how, yeah. how did you do it? And, well, actually, um, I, I didn't do it at all. I just set up um, the Just Giving page and um, wanted to donate to Refuge, and that was it. So I didn't tell them I was doing it. I just did that. Like I said, thought I'd raise £1,000, and that would be the end of it. But then, um, because I'd set £1,000 as my target, and I obviously smashed that target within 24 hours, I think when you smash your target, I think people at Refuge must get notified when certain people are hitting their targets. And I suddenly got this, uh, I think it was a WhatsApp or a message from, a message or email from somebody at Refuge just saying, oh, well done on smashing your target. We've been looking at following your progress. Thank you very much. So I was like, oh, that's very nice. So that was really the the contact mm. I had was from them finding me, not me sort of oh, finding them. Okay. But what okay. I did, what I did realize because I worked in PR, I worked in PR for 10 years. So I think what I sort of quickly realized after about, I think I'd probably been doing it for about a week or something. Mm. Um, I realized, I think it was when I'd raised 6,000 pounds, you know, and I thought, oh, you know, that's a lot of money in just a few days. And I remember thinking that this is something that could have been rolled out nationally. I suddenly thought, oh, no, I'm not, yeah, I'm not the only photographer out of work here. Um, surely Refuge could make a lot more money, you know, if we club together. So I do remember then I did contact Refuge then. I sent them an email, I found their press office um, mm. details, and I sent them an email. I just said, look, I think I'm onto something. Mm. Um, I've raised this much money in quite a short amount of time. I think it could be something that could go national um, if you were able to help me. The problem being that we were in lockdown. They were on skeleton staff. Yeah. And they just, I don't think they had the resources to help me do something like that. Well, as you said before, the, the, the uptake in needing support from refuge had, had gone up. What did you say? 700 that was website traffic yeah the website traffic yeah I I imagine as you said the skeleton stuff that that just the the pandemic effect exactly they were all working from home Mm. I remember when I did speak to one of the girls she she was like I'm on my own here you know and don't be I'm not the only fundraiser that's out there for refuge so they had a huge amount on their plate so they weren't able to obviously they weren't able to enable me because what what it needed I guess was an appearance on this morning or something like that whereby you'd say you know like any photographers out there that are twiddling their thumbs what about doing this and you know and raising money scale it up yeah and scale it up for refuge I mean the great thing about it is that other photographers did start doing it anyway which Mm. was amazing you know and and also all around the world there were other photographers like me that had the idea who started doing it in their own areas so yeah 
taking photos. Photographers have raised an awful lot of money for lots of different charities over lockdown by doing exactly what I did. I think it's been incredible, that community coming, community of skill coming together and pivoting yeah. and thinking, right, I can do something practical with my, with you know, with yes. my skill set. Yeah. Um, and and so for you, you um, you mentioned seven thousand pounds, but you raised more than that, didn't you? I did raise more than that. Tell me how much you raised. Well, in total, I was doing it for two months. And at the end, I raised £21,284. It's amazing. Amazing. From that moment, Jenny, that you were looking out of your bedroom window across the road, and then you go the next morning and you set up the Just Giving page and you tentatively type in £1,000 and think, oh, who am I? Look look what you have achieved. Yeah. It is incredible because it's proof that you can do something from a from a very simple idea and and you should be incredibly proud of yourself I hope you are oh thank you it's it's an amazing feeling I think it's quite addictive you probably felt this as well it's raising money becomes very very addictive and I you know I was constantly posting updates on my social media going guys you know I've raised five thousand pounds I was like can I make it ten thousand pounds can I make it fifty and then the support that you're getting from people that have been following you you can do it you know it was yes it became very very addictive and the warmth of human kindness as well I I mean how can you how, how did that make you feel oh I burst into tears I mean I'm an emotional person anyway you ask anyone I'll cry at anything but I I lost count really how many times I burst into tears yeah. I think because a because of the reasons that I was doing it the personal reasons why I was doing it for my friend um you know just for refuge in general you know mm. when you know what why you're doing it and then when I I'm the sort of person that cries when people are kind and the thought of all those people just donating that money whenever pe- people donated some, some people that I knew couldn't really afford it you know mm. donated and those people made me cry <laughs> oh I'm going to cry now I know yeah. I get I do totally I totally hear that and yeah. I can hear it in your voice actually how much it has meant to you and 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 how um how kindness drove you forward yeah and also people, and the strangers I always think that it's incredible that you will you'll never yeah. I mean you did get to meet your donors yes I, I didn't get to meet yes. my donors and I was forever grateful and inspired by those people I think it's I think that human kindness well it was it was wonderful wasn't it during the lockdown I really felt that in our communities It it was absolutely lovely and I absolutely loved meeting these people you know everybody was everyone was so kind and there was they were grateful you know I thought god no they'll be grateful to me you know you're the ones that have donated and they'd be so kind of like thank you for coming and um you know they would have a little chat about how their lockdown had gone and you were their lockdown lift up weren't you (laughs) (laughs) You she's coming let's get my lippy on let's get the pajamas off put some normal clothes on it was so funny it's actually (laughs) funny Caroline because some people so many most of them I would say would just what you said you know it was the first time a lot of the women had like put any makeup on in weeks um it was an it was a great thing for the children it was like an activity you know it's like it's like for the family it was like great kids you know the top was coming it gave them something to look forward absolutely. to absolutely that was really good and then there was there were some people that completely interpreted it in their own way which was mm-hmm. absolutely lovely so I mean one family when I turned up to, on their doorstep and this photo has been used in quite a bit of the press that I got um they all they were all dressed as superheroes and, and it was the first <laughs> Love it was that. The first family which one done, which one 
Uh, just random kind of superheroes oh. in capes. Yeah, they, 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 they <laughs> like had that. these matching capes and masks. And there were two <laughs> different girls and, and the mum and dad. And I got such a, an amazing photograph of them, the energy that they had and the excitement, the fact that they put this kind of thought into it was lovely. And Brilliant. so I shared that one on my social pages. And then off the back of that, every now and then, I'd get the odd family that were that, that just done something a little bit different. So one family, they all came out and they held an item um, that represented something that they were missing, you know, in lockdown. Uh, yeah. So the mum had a towel because she used to go swimming every day. And I think the the boy had uh, his school tie because he missed his friends. And the little girl oh. had a passport because she missed her holidays. And the dad had a golf club. And just so, 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 so totally unprompted and, and, totally and unprompted. their idea. Yeah, yeah. And then another family had Love done that. quite an extreme version of their lockdown. So it was, they were hilarious, actually. But the dad, <laughs> the dad had messed his hair up and he looked like he'd just jumped, you know, fallen out of bed and he was holding his Game Boy c- controller. And then the mum had a couple of empty bottles of booze and was kind of looking all <laughs> bedraggled. And then the kids had got their own sort of thing that they'd been doing. And it was lovely. It totally, it really cheered me up. It was I so, was going to say, can you probably just got this what's the next one going to be yeah, feeling yeah, yeah, and, so and like kept that. you going kept you buoyant yeah how, was, how important was social media for you during the, during your campaign um, it was absolutely crucial it was crucial now I'm terrible at social media if you look at my my Instagram page you'll see like absolutely loads of posts for this front door photo campaign but if you go just before that yeah. you go after that there's hardly <laughs> anything on there because I just I just oh I'm not very good at it but that because I had that real reason to it because I knew every time I posted I got more donations mm. I knew that it was absolutely vital so I um I shared every single day a little montage of a few of the families that I'd done that day and off the back of that obviously their friends saw it and and they donated but just anyone you know random people don't know so if you if you're listening and you're thinking of, of starting a project but you don't really get social media how what what would you say what would what, what advice have you got there for you know just would you say go on a course or would you say just get on with it have a go I, what, I would say that, that even if you don't know much about social media somebody that you know will you know, mm-hmm. you might have teenagers, you might have, you know, nephews, kids. someone, you know, will know all about it and just go and tap them up for some information because it's not hard. Actually, it's not hard. You just need to have the time and the willingness to do so it. So you had Facebook, didn't you? So you had, yeah. your Facebook account was was your main sort of start point. Yeah. Facebook, your, Facebook and Instagram. So it, Instagram. Was, yeah. They were my, use my Twitter. Season. Well, you I, you know, I have a Twitter account and I think I've possibly posted on there 10 times in total in the last 10 years or however okay. long. <laughs> um, so I did, when I did this, I did post on Twitter um, a couple of times, okay. but because hardly anyone follows me on there, it wasn't. And I think because, although you can put photos on Twitter. Just giving you, so. a very, just giving posts a lot on Twitter. Yeah, I think, I think that's where they will probably repost what you're doing yes, and support yeah. you. So I know I, was, I got lots of sort of, they would occasionally you know when you reach a certain figure that you'd get a, a an emoji or a little gif post oh, and they really? support you on that too. yeah I okay. think now I looked you up I'm Jenny not, you are I'm a thinking... just giving legend I, I am I am I am yes I, 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 I mean do, do you have right a badge <laughs> I would wear that all the time I probably have a t-shirt printed with those with that on it a legend <laughs> but when they did this little series, a mini sort of like social media documentary series um, called Lockdown, Just Giving Lockdown Legends. Did they? And they picked, I don't know how many of us there were, about 10 people. I remember feeling really sort of quite embarrassed by that because um, some of the other people that they'd chosen were 
amazing like the things that they were doing were incredible and I thought well, I'm just taking a few photographs and yet there was you know people who you know weren't even able to walk very well but walked mm. for goodness knows how you know like real proper legend stuff I, I always say actually that it isn't about the final number the final figure that you raise it's the impact your campaign has had and how that has gone on to inspire other people because yeah. I did so, actually I started getting quite a lot of emails from other photographers as soon as I started it saying do you mind if I copy your idea I really you know this is amazing and I'm like yeah, go for it you know yeah, absolutely go for it which, exactly. is, which is why I kind of wish that it had been a different time whereby refuge could have you know yes. manpower to get on board you know of course so. did it start to become a very normal daily job so to speak yeah, it, yeah what it, was going on in parallel to that to this what were you you presumably you're still being a, an amazing mum uh, yeah. and hoovering and <laughs> yeah well thankfully, um, there's three of us my husband and my son uh, that live here and I think after after a few days I think it was evident that this was actually taking over my life and my husband who's amazing anyway um just took on board all of the stuff that ran to run the house you know he was cooking all the meals and you know sorting out my son's homework with him and you know getting him on I I actually felt at some some points I felt a little bit guilty because I felt like I felt like I was neglecting the family yeah. a little bit but I don't think they felt like that you know themselves really I hear what you're saying because oh. I have definitely experienced that myself that parallel feeling of I'm not being efficient to what I should really be doing because I'm, I'm being pulled into this yeah. project that's got its own almost got its own en- engine in its own life and that's right. I can't come off that at the moment so I yeah. think that's a very natural feeling to feel that you're being pulled in two directions yeah I just felt like I was you know not putting what I should have been putting into my family but actually that wasn't the case and my son came out with me eventually and he started helping me you know he would be ticking names off as I went down the streets and and then uh, towards the end actually my husband well sort of middle middle of this project my husband thank goodness took over the map hugely stepped up actually because it just took that the side that I was terrible at which is directions and uh, you know just yeah I'm feeling it's making me feel edgy he just jumped in the car and then he started driving me around even that saved time you see because normally I'm driving myself stop in the car getting (gasps) getting my stuff out of the car going to the house getting back in the car you know where I just (laughs) sped things up because I could just like get in the car and my chauffeur would take me to the next I love that yes quite right yeah it took a level it took the pressure off and it's it's those things that ease you into it and allow you to be brilliant at what you're really being brilliant at yeah and they were both really proud of me as well, which I really, so that helped with me feeling guilty because I could see that they were both really proud and they encouraged it. And we actually have them um, up in my office where I work, where the spreadsheet is, there's also a TV up there. And so I used to say to them, will you please come up and watch TV up here tonight? Because even though I'm on my computer, I yeah. just want to be in the same room as you to guys. Be, so even though I wasn't watching it with them, they were there and I felt like still part of the family, even though I, I'd be up till god knows what time every night sorting and presumably you were editing the, the pictures oh, and yes. doing i mean you know I'm, i've just forgotten yes. all about that but you, yes. you you are editing you're choosing which one but, you're yep, sending but, then that to the customer it's yeah yep. all of so, that so I, as well so, yeah so i get home i download the photographs i choose the best photograph of each family i then have to name the photograph to make sure that the right family got the right thing and then <laughs> then i'd have to um, email that photo to that family so that 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 bit all, as you can imagine that took yeah. just as long as sorting out the roots and oh everything so that's why I was me. I was up till goodness knows what time every night sorting 
sorting that side of yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, then the payoff um, would be the next day when I'd actually see the families and photograph them and I'd you know, be all happy again and it G'd me up. And So that was almost the light bit with the, yeah. the photography side of it, but it's the admin yeah. either side. Yeah. And I, I think that it's interesting to hear that because behind every successful campaign, there is all the the hard work that goes behind it that's ne- very often yeah. just not thought not talked about not because would, people aren't yeah. interested it's 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 possibly because we don't think it's of interest to anybody and well, which you really want to know about my spreadsheet yeah. really and well, I, I, I would I, actually yeah I've got such a massive respect now for anybody who starts a fundraising campaign like that you know I I would never have thought and as I'm sure none of these people thought about the logistics that went into just keeping it going you know yeah. it's um it really does it, it, it fries your brain it, it fries your brain and and also your wellness your well-being because uh, it, the buck stopped with you and if you weren't yeah. feeling it that morning when you woke up or you had a sore throat or you just weren't feeling great yeah. Yeah. you as uh, an enormous pressure on you on your yes. shoulders yeah. to, to, to to deliver and to turn up and in wherever you are yeah. and smile and yeah. that takes a huge amount of energy I'd imagine it does. I remember one, I mean, on the whole, everything was, it was good. You know, I mean, the, it, there were obviously pockets of stress and I got used to just be doing the work. I just got used to that being my life. Yeah. Um, there were, there were two, two or three moments, I think within the two months where I thought I couldn't do it anymore. Um, I remember one day I came home, I'd probably photographed 30 people that day, which wow. bearing in mind, they lived all over the place. It was, that was, that was far too many actually to do in one day. And not only that, sometimes I would get to a street and the neighbour saw what I was doing. Do you mind just taking my photo? I will go and donate now. And so, you, so, so, and I'd be, yes, that's fine. Go and donate and I'll come and do you. But then I had to write their name down on my piece of my spreadsheet that I'd printed off. Then I'd have to remember where they slotted in for when I got home for oh, renaming that oh. image. <laughs> and and that happened on this particular day where I had 30 people. I had that sort of scenario about three or four times. And it by the, when I got home, I, I was absolutely exhausted. And I sat on the stairs and I suddenly I burst into tears. <laughs> I, I, I was like, I can't do it anymore. I can't. Yeah. My head's exploding. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, I, oh, I did, my I, goodness. I felt, me. I felt like, How can I? I can't. I can't cope. And then. And then here comes Chris again, you know, with his wise words. And he'd be, you know, Jenny, you know, I totally hear you. Just, you know, yeah, have a cup of tea, yeah. have, a, have a chill out. And then don't decide anything today. You've got to sleep on it. And then see how you feel in the morning. And he Such said, Such good advice. Time. And every time I woke up in the morning, I was like, Yeah, I'm ready to go again. It's totally <laughs> fine. <laughs> yeah. A new day, and, and you yeah. know what? Uh, what an inspiration he sounds. Because you do need a Chris. You do need those you do need those someone. words you, of wisdom. Well, yes, my husband, yeah. and actually my teenage girls, and my younger son, my son, my eldest daughter. I remember vividly saying to me, saying to me, and I think this was about day five, and I'd woken up and I was on the front page of the BBC website. This is wow. day five, right? Wow. So I'd got five photographs of myself. And yeah. I remember her saying, I was physically shaking and suddenly wanted to hide in my wardrobe. And I remember Mary saying to me, what are you doing? And I said, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I, don't, I just don't want to leave the house. She said, well, I'm, well, tough luck. I want to go shopping. You're getting in the car. We're going. Uh, We're just going to get on with it. And amazing. she reminded me that that's that normality has to go on and yeah. 
small steps. It's my one advice actually to people is if you do take on a campaign, particularly if it's a long period of time, just take it day by day, hour by hour sometimes. Just yeah. slowly do it. Don't try and look too far into the future. Yeah, I would definitely advise, uh, give the same advice as well, Caroline. Yeah. Because, well, it would be too overwhelming. If I'd known when I started that I was still going to be doing it in two months, and if I'd known... <laughs> what was going to go on in between I'm not sure I would I don't, I don't know how confident I would have been to start it in the first place but you're right because every day was just one one day at a time one day at a time yeah. and it's such a learning process and I'm so delighted that I did it I don't want this podcast in any way to sound like it was um you know I don't want people to think oh my god that sounds awful I'm not going to no, start a campaign no. it wasn't like that at all you know 90% of my time was absolutely fantastic and it was uplifting encouraging and you know an amazing thing to do and to raise that kind of money was 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 incredible it just does come with a level of work yeah that that you learn about as you go along very much I think I think that's a really wise um statement and it is that 10 percent of effort and emotion and you learn to live with actually yes. but it is the joy of something that you're doing that's so creative and is coming from a passion that you have which yes. is why it was successful and why yes. you resonated with so many yes. people I think that and would I- be my advice actually to people if they are going to start a, a campaign is to do something that you're passionate about like I said at the very beginning I was looking at doing all these other things you know oh can I read a bedtime story could I do a cookery class you know I think you've got to just look look at what you are good at and what you love to to do because that passion will keep you going if it does suddenly take off like mine did and yours such that good passion advice. the original passion will keep you going all the yeah. way through such yeah. good advice because you're not having to learn a skill you have the skill exactly you have the skill but very yeah. often it's hard to to realize what is it what is it that I'm good at because, oh you know you look around and and that can take a while actually you can look like you were looking at other people's oh, doing different campaigns yes. cookery or art or whatever it was yeah. but once you once you discover yourself what your core strength is yeah and very often it's yeah. it's something that no one else has you've got that very yeah. specific thing that you're so skilled yeah. at what 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 one thing did you learn about yourself then do you think oh um I, i'm more resilient i think than i realized you know um I I I, I, I realized that I just going back to social media what is it's taught me how important social media can be and and if you do put the effort in you it does pay off um I think I've learned that you know I and I I really should be doing it now (laughs) you know I I think (laughs) I, I will sort of like remind myself about that I think I also I really enjoyed having a project on the go like that. So I, I've, I've, since I've done that project, I've got a billion and one ideas in my head of other things I want to do. So many ideas, yeah. not even related to photography, some of them. And I think it's taught me to go for it. So, I, you know, even though I, I am sort of a bit like, oh, can I do this? Can I do it? I, I, one of these ideas, I, ha- I am going to do it. And I've told myself in January, I'm starting this particular project. So I Ooh. think... It has taught me to just go for it, you know, to, you know, you you shouldn't sort of sit around. So this idea that you've got in January, you're going to run with it. You don't need to share it with me, but are you going to do it? Do you you really believe that you're going to do it? Um, Yes. I've been talking about this idea now for about a year and a half. Um, 
it sort of half involved a podcast. I'm not. I'm sure going to get you to come back and talk about it because I. Okay. okay. Think that could be a, lo- a lovely, uh, another lovely conversation. Yeah. Finally, what one piece of advice would you give to anyone listening who has a spark of an idea? Oh, what what advice would I give? Um, pursue it. <laughs> don't you know? Just don't don't just have faith in yourself. I think you you've got to. You've got to believe if you've got that idea and it makes you feel something inside, you know, if you feel like I did, it's like that butterfly moment where you think, I think I've landed on something. It's I think every single time it's worth acting on that because, you know, I think there's there there will be something in it. Because if you've got that excitement, if you know that there's an idea there, just give it what have you got to lose? I think that's the that's the main thing, isn't it? completely what have you got to lose you know no one one needs to know about it no (laughs) one exactly no one need ever know and it can take you in the most amazing wonderful directions as it did with you and we're now you know we've discovered each other haven't we through this exactly and you know the other amazing thing that has happened for me which I which does get me emotional is that I at the beginning of lockdown lost all of my work um, and I had a lot of corporate work lined up, you know, and it still hasn't come back. But do you know what's happened? I have been inundated with bookings from the front door photo families that I photographed. Wow. So I, they have kept me going, um, you know, and that was, that was something that I would never, ever have predicted would happen. Amazing. I've suddenly got 500 people on my spreadsheet on the spreadsheet the the spreadsheet is actually full of potential clients now and so and so suddenly you know I'm getting I I I get bookings now quite regularly now from people who even if they hadn't booked me have heard about me via the front door photo campaign so that's that's another unexpected massive bonus that I cannot thank these people enough not only did they donate to refuge but they're now donating to me in a way you know they've now kept my business afloat while I wait for my other work to come back so inspiring I I I just think it's the stepping stone to something else and I feel with you Jenny that it will continue that the your brain as you said with these thousands and thousands of ideas there will be more to come I predict watch this space can I just say you are an inspiration to so many people that you know if you've got a camera if you've got an idea you take it go with it run with it because look what you have achieved and I just want to say thank you so much for your time and for talking to you I could talk to you for days (laughs) literally thank you so much Jenny thank you Caroline so much lots of love What Have I Done is a Just Voices production and is sponsored by Just Giving. Edited and mixed by Russ Keffert at Audio Egg and presented by me, Caroline Jones.